This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, we take instruction from the Apostle Paul on how we are to walk out this new life we have in Christ. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm back with the Planted Podcast. I got Thad Keno with me. How are you today, Thad? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, we've been faithfully working through the book of Colossians, and today we're going to at least be looking at the first four verses of chapter three. Let's see how far we go. Last time we talked about, and uh, in, in, as we're doing this Colossians series, we're also looking at some Bible study practices and tips and, and things that we can do to improve our study of the scriptures. And, and with a letter like this, we suggested last time, it's always important as, we're, as we continue to study and as Paul develops his themes in his letters that you're always going to be looking back to previous things he said, right? And so for so like especially when you have words like therefore and and things like that, but then when when terms are revisited, it's it's good to re- go back to that conversation earlier and 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 see what's happening here. So so for instance, last week we were looking at at things like um uh, He's telling them that they they are uh, they died to the elemental spirits of the world, right? And there's that Greek word stoicheia. That same word was used earlier um, in in chapter two, and we looked at that and went back and saw what it what it meant there. Even proposed some other possibilities um, that we've that have come up since as we've been studying, and 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 also. Uh, you know, as it related to other terms too, like principalities, rulers, authorities, and how that related to him being um, Lord over all things and stuff. So it's just that practice. And I think we'll see again today in these four verses, we we have that same thing because it starts off with an if-then, right? So it's it's all related back to, to what he's done before, but we're also going to see he's using some common terminology that he's used before too. So, right. so I think we're just going to continue with that practice here and, and say, okay, let's continue to identify what these are and how it relates to the, especially the theology that he's been doing, because as what we find in many of Paul's letters to the churches, a, a pretty typical pattern is that the first uh, part of the letter is very theological. It's very much laying out his theology, laying out the gospel, who we are in Christ. And then at some point he transitions into some imperatives and which are commands and where he starts saying now because of this you need to start acting this way living this way uh, orienting your life this way but it's all rooted in that theology right and so we we're in the midst of this transition here in this letter right now but you're only going to be able to live out and understand what he's saying if you have the mindset of what he's already said before yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense to um, just have the head knowledge, but not put it into practice. Exactly, yeah. And so, um, but there's a very key way that in these first four verses, we're going to see how we're to put it into practice in the sense of the, that mindset. We'll get into some of those practical things in verse 5 and um, that we're not to do and verse 12 that we are to do, but 
before we get there, there's something in, in, in this living out of the faith that I think there's some little keys that we have here, which, of course, as we said, the other thing we said last week is that there are these mystery religions, these, these other teachings that are coming in. Say, well, if you just understand this, if you just get this, if you just try this, if you worship this way, right, that's the key. And we're saying, no, the key is always Jesus, <laughs> right, right? And right. I think we'll see that even in these first four verses, that that's what he's pounding that home again. Right. And, right? They, and also, some of it is uh, not just mystery religions, but also just things that were based on the traditions of the old yeah. true religion right. of, of the Old Testament. Yeah. And so, right. you know, when we have new revelation in Christ, that supersedes right. and, and brings along uh, you know, the yeah. Old Testament is a transition right. there when Christ fulfills things. Exactly. And that's the key word, fulfill, right? He doesn't he doesn't disregard them. Right. He actually shows himself to be the fulfillment and often the completion, you know, of, of those things or the ongoing fulfillment of them. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so let's go ahead and um, I'll have you go ahead and read the first four verses of, of chapter three and and we'll get into it. Okay, this is from the ESV and it says, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. All right. Lord God, we just come before you right now and pray for your spirit and ask for your help in understanding these things and these verses, we pray that the Word would come alive um, in each of our hearts and minds through faith, and we would um, do as the verse says. We would set our minds on the things that are above. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I was looking at that, the if-then statement there, mm-hmm. it is basically the same formation of, of a word, therefore. Yes. It's just it's just putting it in a different language, I try to look at the New King James and the English Standard Version, both say if then, uh-huh. but maybe it's because of the way the sentence is structured in English. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's definitely this um, progression, right? Even even back up in verse 20 of chapter 2, it says, if with Christ you died, right? Mm-hmm. And so the basis of all, the, uh, it's the same basis of verse 20, but it's the, it's the other side of it where he says, if you've been raised, right? And so, uh, part of our own death and resurrection through faith in Christ, which we we talked about how baptism is a symbol of that, right? That it's communicating the gospel. And I've had an interesting thought as you bring this up, or as I just brought it up back to verse twenty. Again, I'm I'm just doing some exercises in my mind in this. I don't know that I've got this completely worked out. It's part of why we've talked about. Another podcast that the Bible's meditation literature, you chew on it, you meditate, you reflect on it, you reflect on other scriptures out of it, and so forth. And so one of the the things that, that is coming up here of this, of this dying with Christ, but then also being raised with Christ, because in verse 5, we, we didn't read it, but in verse 5, it's going to say put to death as mm-hmm. one action. And then in verse 12, later, it's going to say put on, right? So it's it's the living out of the putting to death and, and, and putting on the resurrection kind of idea. But but it says here um, that if you've been raised with Christ, right? And then, well, verse 3, it says, for you have died, okay, too. So I'm bringing, so we have this death and resurrection language of that's being used, but it's not being used particularly of Jesus. It's being used of us, 
right? That we are to see ourselves as having a death and a resurrection. So here's the mental exercise. Here's what I'm meditating on. I haven't completely worked out. We would agree that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Um, Paul tells us that in Ephesians. We see that in places, you know, here, even that you, you once you were alienated, hostile in your mind, doing evil deeds in verse 21 of chapter 1, this language of of all this alienation and stuff, and we say that's death language. We were spiritually dead. Spiritually dead, right. Right. So now when it's te- – and, 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 and then – but in verse 20 of chapter 2, it says, if with Christ you died to these things, right? And then here, like um, verse 3, for you have died. Why use that language if we're already spiritually dead? You see what I'm chewing on here? It's like in one sense I'm saying, okay, no, I'm dead. But now it's saying, no, my in some senses my death happened when I put my faith in Christ. So what's the difference between being spiritually dead before that and then then having almost this other death kind of like language that happens when we put our faith in Christ? Right. Yeah. So the I mean the way that I'm gonna flesh this out right now <laughs> is how we are tied to Christ, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, spiritually dead, uh, we're fallen in Adam, and plus we have our own sins that have condemned us to death because the wages of sin is death. Right. And that's again, it's a spiritual matter, right? And but we only can have life if we're righteous, mm-hmm. right? Which none of us are in and of ourselves, right? But we tie into Christ when, he, through the death on the cross right. and His blood, which propitiates or satisfies God's wrath, and then yep. the expiation, which you said is the taking out of sin, the removal of sin. Yep. Right now, we have Christ's righteousness laid upon us. He's He's gone to the court system right. on our behalf. Right. Right. So only because of His righteousness, and this is a spiritual act, yep. right, that comes into us. Mm-hmm. This is the born-again process. We've been born again right. spiritually. So what does that mean? Well, that's raised from the dead. We've talked about this yeah. as we were talking about our Revelation series a little bit, right? <laughs> um, the first resurrection. Yeah, our Revelation is a, class we've been teaching, yeah. Right. But that is a spiritual mm-hmm. resurrection. Right. So, um, and what is resurrection? It's to be dead and to be made alive right. again. So that's how I'm tying yeah. that together. Um not so sure if I'm fleshing right. that out the way that you expect it or not, or if, right. or if you're leaning in a different direction. But well, that, I think it's that, re- it's related to what you're saying. Yeah. What's been going through my mind is okay. I recognize part of this whole process. I'm recognizing that I am spiritually dead. Right. Right. But when I put but with that faith in Christ, it's almost like now I know I'm going to physically die someday. Right. Unless the Lord comes back and I get to be transformed without having to go through death. <laughs> right. right. But I think in some senses. For those who don't have faith in Christ, who are the, to the spiritually dead who don't have, they don't recognize, they don't know they're dead. Right. You know, most most people out there walking around without Christ, they don't know that they're spiritually dead. Right. Right. And I think what happens in some sense when we put our faith in Christ and we have that recognition, there's a sense in which we appropriate that death, right, in a way that we didn't before, even though it was really real in the sense that we were spiritually dead to God. Right. When we put our faith in Christ, we appropriate that death ahead of time, right? Now, the physical death is still going to potentially happen, right? But the, the point is, is there's something about putting to death or 
or recognizes that we died with Christ, that in the sense that he's taking care of that death. Right. right? Yeah, but you have point. to you have to acknowledge that that death was necessary. And when we do that, and we realize we did die with Christ, and so that barrier, because that death is the barrier, it's a barrier between us and God. We we can't be like, but when that when that death is accomplished, and then the res, it, it enables the resurrection to happen. So there's a sense in which it helps us see that we're not lying to ourselves anymore. Right. right. Well, that's 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 a good point. And when you say that we don't realize that we're dead before before yeah. Christ enters our lives, that's a good way to put it. But um, maybe it's um, the struggle with the language. Mm-hmm. So. When when we think um, if if we're not in Christ and somebody said hey you know what you're spiritually dead you right. would, you would say no I'm not um, but why why is that because that person um, let's just say it's me before yeah. before I say I would say no no I'm not dead because I I have a spirit you know I I realize there's a difference between spirit and flesh mm-hmm. um, and that's not dead so maybe the twist on the language of spiritual death is to understand that we're actually under condemnation. Yes, I think so. And I think that's where we recognize that the cross dealt with the condemnation, right? right. And there's a one sense, yes, I was spiritually dead before, but I really didn't die with Christ until I put my faith in him. But now that spiritual condemnation that is deserved has been Dealt with, right? right. And, and it says so, that it says that other places in New Scripture it says if you're if you're not in Christ, you're condemned already. Exactly. Right. So and so now those things that once held me because I was spiritually dead and didn't recognize it, right? But that they that's been put to in 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 one sense, death has been put to death mm. on the cross, and and my death was put to death on the cross, and so now I'm alive. And, and able to, and so those things that once held me, those elemental spirits, those other things, and as we would later on in in, in verse five and following, these other things that these passions, these desires, these things that when we give into, I can reckon them dead. And actually, I think in Romans, he actually Paul actually uses that terminology to reckon, to actually declare, right, right, because we declare it in Christ. So I know it's just it just really no, struck good. me yeah. that. Because we talk all the time about the people without Christ are spiritually dead, but yet there's something about even to coming in faith in Christ that there's something there's another aspect of that dying that has to take place, and it's, it's but it's Christ who 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 does it for us, right? And so therefore we appropriate it, and in the same way we appropriate the resurrection, we also appropriate this this first resurrection that we have in Christ, and so that's what I think verses one to four are getting at. It's it's two no longer practice these things or to start practicing these new things, which we get into in the later verses, there's this mental transformation. There's this identity um, of death and resurrection that we have to live out every day. We have to see that every day. If our behavior is going to change, if our character is going to change, if we're going to grow in holiness, then he's saying our minds have to have this outlook. And so so if we've been raised with Christ, we seek the things above. So one of the one of those things that we're seeking is the things now what is what does things above mean? So I'm just looking up in the clouds and the stars and the suns and the moons <laughs> and what 
You know, what what is in, in biblical language, what does it mean to seek things that are above? Yeah, the things above would be a reference to the heavenly things. So mm-hmm. of course we recognize God is in the heavens. Right. And so when we say right. the things above, it's godly things. Right. Particularly the heavenly things that are given over to God. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and so yes. And and why do we know that it says that's where Christ is seated at the right hand of God? Right. It explains and, itself right there. Yes, yeah. it does. But we need to ask ourselves, um, and Thad and I teach other classes together, and so I, I forget sometimes what conversations we've had on the podcast <laughs> and what we've had somewhere else. But I think it just to be safe, we need to say, um, what does it mean to be seated at the right hand of God? So that language, where does it come from, and what does it mean that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God? Right. So this goes all the way back to the gospel account when Jesus um, was crucified on the cross and he went to the grave for three days and then he was raised. So he he conquered the grave and was raised to life. That's the resurrection. Mm -hmm. We celebrate that on Easter. Right. Now he, he walked on planet earth after his resurrection for Mm -hmm. 40 days, the gospel accounts attest to. And then it says, as he was standing there in front of his disciples, that he ascended yes. right in front of their very eyes. And it says he, that he ascended into the heavens, into the right hand of the Father, which is to be seated on the throne. So mm-hmm. he he maintained or regained his authority mm-hmm. from the heavenly realm. Right. Right. So the ascension is critical. So Christ was not only raised from the dead, but then he ascended right. to his place at the right hand right. of the Father, where he was then established with all all authority right. in heaven and on earth. Yes, exactly. And so it's important to, to, I think, to realize that we often talk about the, you know, the crucifixion, mm-hmm. right? And then, and even we even do a fairly good job of talking about the resurrection, but we don't often talk about the ascension and session. And session just means seating. Mm-hmm. You know, the the ascension and session of Christ, which is very important because actually it says that we participate in that with Him by faith and in union with Him. That has already happened to us as well. Right. In the same and, manner that we don't talk about Christ's uh, ascension and session, we don't talk about it for our, ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the whole mindset that Paul is talking about here that's going to allow us to live out these imperatives that he's going to give us in the future. Mm, yeah. Is that we need to understand, as we talked about earlier, we need to understand our death, right? We need to understand in our resurrection, but we need to understand our ascension and session. Right. Right. And so what, what comes with that? And so with the ascension is, yes, we are too are raised in the heavenlies. That, and that means that we get to participate once again in the heavenly realms. And this isn't just a future thing. This is a present reality. Right. Right. I think that's personally, I think that's one of the reasons why we've been, we were given the book of Revelation, because my personal view is that, well, along with many other theologians, um, is that this door into this open door into heaven that John gets to see this unveiling that's all apocalypse means is to unveil or to reveal that's the word revelation right right he gets to look at a picture into the heavenly realm and say this is the way things are right now and most of revelation is is showing that and it's showing all the, the elders sitting around the throne with the with Jesus you know with the crucified uh, Christ and, and so all to say is that we need a picture of this to live out our faith right now. We need this understanding. We mm. need our minds, as he says, verse two, set your minds on the things that are above. So we seek them and we have to set our minds on them because it's from there that we live with 
resurrection power as those who've ascended in the heavenly realms and with authority to seat with Christ. And so that's that's the other part of this, being at the right hand of God is a, is a, um, a word picture of authority, right? The throne at the right hand of God, all that. In Psalm 110, um, verse 1, and Jesus refers to this verse speaking of how David spoke about him, right? But it, it, David in this is talking about the Lord says to my Lord, mm-hmm. okay? So so David's recognizing it's not him, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, he says, sit at my right hand, okay? Now, David's a king. He knows what it means to have some... If, if he had somebody sitting at his right hand, that means if you're sitting at the right hand of the king... He's given you all authority to act on his behalf, right? Um, when Daniel was in Babylon, he was, he was when Joseph in Egypt, think of them, them the Pharaoh, they were just saying, okay, you run the kingdom for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's what they did. Um, and so, you know, that's what's going on here. Sit at my right hand. And then what does it say? Until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Okay? That's very interesting language here in Psalm 110, because what, what else we know from the Psalms is what else, what is the footstool of heaven? Earth. Right. Earth is the footstool of heaven, right? Um, and so now he's saying, I'm going to make your enemies a footstool for you. So he's, all authority of heaven and earth is going to be, is going to be given to him. What does Jesus say in, in the Gospels before he ascends? At the end of Matthew, when he gives us the Great Commission, he says, um, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. And so, so that's, that's the position of Christ, and that's the position that we get to come with him even now, that we need to set our minds not on the, set our minds on the things above, not on the things of earth. Now, what does that language mean? Does that mean I don't care about taking care of my yard and taking care of my kids and they're, they're all here on earth? You know, I don't need to, I don't need to worry about, you know, anything because I just have to think about heavenly things. Is that what that's talking about? It's not. It's not, <laughs> it's not quite fully the, the picture. No. It is, uh, it is stating that in the world of relative importance, yeah. you know, the, the reality of who we are in Christ, uh, where we're going to get to this verse mm-hmm. in a second where it says that we are protected by him, right? We're with him and, and concealed in Christ, uh, that we have a life that is in him and our focus, our primary focus, instead of being uh, the things of this world, how, because let's face it, you know, what are most people chasing these days without God? They're just chasing the things of this world, which it doesn't have to be necessarily bad things, a nice house, a great family. Even if you pick the purest things, you know, you want to be philanthropic, you want to have a great family. At the end of the day, what happens when you take your last breath? Right. You know, you're going to stand in judgment. And if you're not in Christ, that means you're condemned, like we had just talked right. about. So uh, the focus is how do you then live in this life? Because we are we are called right. not to be of the world, but to be in the world, right? right? Being the light of Christ in right. this world. Um, how do we put those two together now, right? right? To have a righteous life of Christ to the benefit of as the light of Christ to the world around us. Exactly. Yeah, and so we need to understand that in context, earth here is being directly contrasted to the things that are above. It's not talking about that the physical world is bad. It's not this duality that, you know, God's good creation that he made, which he declared good, is is bad or right. evil or inferior in any way. No, it's the 
it's the the rebellion of mankind that has placed all these things in contrast to heaven and 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 God's rule and reign. It's the it's those things that which are no longer under God's rule and reign, right? That that is that is there. Those are the things of the earth because the, the earth has had was given a different ruler <laughs> because of the rebellion of mankind. Yeah, right. But the the point is is that. Um, what are what exactly what you were saying? What is our mind on, right? And how do we view these things that we have, right? Um, now, if if um, do I remember right? You've got a pool at your house. I do. Right yes. now, if if that pool starts getting in the way of your relationship with God, right? Should you fill it in with a bunch of dirt? Should I fill that pool? And if the if the pool is the cause of the problem, yeah. Yeah, so okay. do I fill it in? <laughs> Is there a way for me to use that pool for the glory of <laughs> yeah, God? Really. You know? well, you, well, yeah, that's yeah, you you mean one solution would be to fill it in. Right. The other solution would be to change your mind about the pool. Right. Right? To let right. to let the heavenly to let God transform your view of what of this Good thing. This I'm very go back fine to the clamp. thing. It's the old cement pond. <laughs> there you go, your cement pond. But, but you know, that's that's what you know what I mean. Right. It's Maybe that's what God tells you to do, and you do it, and that's going to be better. I mean, that's that's possible. But the point is, you don't just have to fill in the pool. It's it's more. What's my mindset of 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 how I'm using it? Of, what, of why God's you know right. and all those things. That that's the that's the issue here. Set your minds on on these things. Right. Right. That that's the issue. And if and if if it's getting if it's getting in the way of setting my mind on it, maybe I get rid of it, or maybe I tra- let my mind be transformed. I put to death the way I used to think of and use or make it an idol in my life or whatever it is, and 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 bring to new life the way that God wants me to, to right. use it. Right. We've talked about the uh, Book of Ephesians being parallel yes, with with right. Colossians as a different letter, right? The, yeah. These are circular letters, so they would have also received this. The people there would have received the same thing. But listen how it's it's stated here um, that Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's the revealing mm, yeah. and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of glo- of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, right? and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, right? So, and again, it'll go right after that. It'll talk about um, which the power that he worked in Christ when he mm-hmm. raised him from the dead, right. you know, so it all comes together there, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a new set of glasses, mm-hmm. right? That we're no longer seeing... Um, uh, the world for worldly things, but right. we're seeing the world through God's eyes and our calling and our hope in, of what it is in Him. Right, exactly. And so again, as before, we we talked about last time last week. The key is always the Christ event. And we we say that it's His life, His death, His resurrection. Is our faith is in Him? Our our now our allegiance, our loyalty um, is all about Him. And so we. That is that's where we identify. So there's an identity issue going on here. We take and appropriate what Christ has done. We appropriate to ourselves. We've been raised, right? Um, we've died. We've been raised. We're setting our minds on these things, right? And, and so, um, and, and it's speaking about 
these things, a lot of these verbs here are in the aorist tense, and I think I've mentioned before, it's kind of a snapshot. It's just saying that that is the present reality. That is in a, it's, yes, it's an accomplished fact, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's not just looking at it in the past. It's the way things are. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's a snapshot of an event. They just look at it. That's the way it is. Uh, and so that's how we're to view our life right now. That's the point. And if this is true, he's saying, in, for you have died and you have been raised, look at your life this way. Why? Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how I need to view my life. I'm hidden with Christ in God. Now, why, why do I need to be hidden? <laughs> What's the language you think of hidden in there? Um, yeah, I, that's kind of what I was referring to just a little bit ago, like when I said that we're concealed in Christ. You know, yeah. we're, we're it's it's hidden because it's protected by mm-hmm. by Him, right? We are we're the reality of of where we exist um, spiritually now is in the heavenly realm, even though we don't mm-hmm. we don't really see that physically right now. Right. But, but that's still a fact of truth that will be made manifest at the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also something about the hidden language there that that is also speaks of our sin having been dealt with. Right? Oh, that's good. That yeah. that, that, that um there's a sense in which the the we are um well, I don't know if just our sin, but even like the trouble of this world, the brokenness of, of things, right? That we are hidden, as you say, you know, brought into that safety. But but there's something about being able to just be in God's presence. Well, right. right? And what I liked what you said there a second ago, the first thing that flashed in my mind um, about we don't have uh, to worry about Christ losing hold of us, mm-hmm. right? That the sins of this world would um, take our souls back right. to the grave, right? That we would have spiritual death and experience that again, because when we are hidden in Christ, that means that we are being kept right. by Christ. Yes. Yeah, I think, that, and that's it. That And that is, again, some of the language of the Psalms. Talk, it's that being kept. And I don't know, it, it's just the, the realize, realization that, yes, it's hard at times to keep our minds on these things. It's hard to see our identity this way when we look outside at the world and it looks like it's, it's so messed up or our own lives can be falling apart at times, right? But we recognize that we are in Christ mm-hmm. and letting our minds be the peace of Christ come into our hearts that, that helps us with that. I think of Philippians 4 where it talks about, you know, um, not to be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication present your request to God. Well, right before that, it, it says you know that uh that that we are to un- to understand this because Christ is near that, that that he's not far away that he's he's near to us um and and it's that that enables us to do this and so um psalm just seeing that this language is used elsewhere psalm 27 verses 5 to 6 it says for the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling he will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon his rock um, this then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music of the Lord. 
right? That Jesus is our tabernacle, right? Jesus is our, he becomes our dwelling place. We are hidden with him. Uh, Isaiah 49, verse 2, he says, He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow. He concealed me in his quiver, right? Yeah, and that is a great way for me because for to, to segue to the verse that I was thinking of, I was, I was taken to John 10, oh, uh-huh. right? Where it talks about um, my sheep hear my voice. Right. I know them, they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Then it says, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge picture. Then it talks about, then he's, Jesus says, my father who has given them to me right. is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Right. I and my father are one. We see this, we can kind of see the son and the father um, together with their embrace yeah. of being kept, being hidden in, yes. in, in Christ right. in the heavenly right. places. So even when the accuser comes right. and he says, but wait, Thad, did you see what Thad how he treated his wife yesterday, or did you see what Thad did on the road yesterday, or whatever? You know, um, the accuser's going to try to do that in our own hearts, right? And we say, "No, I'm hidden with Christ." In I'm God. hidden with Christ, and if if Christ is our yeah. defense attorney, he's going to go up there <laughs> exactly. and he's going to repeat what he said on the cross to tell us die. That's right. It's it finished. is finished. It's, it's been right. paid in full. Right. Yeah. So, verse four: um, When Christ, who is your life, and that just that phrase right there. It's that, it, that constant exercise of faith that we have to, I need to preach to myself every day. Where's my life? Where do I find my life? Right. Is my life in, in a promotion I'm getting at work? Is my life in how much money I make? Is my, wife in how many time, is my life in how many times my wife tells me she loves me? Is my life in, in um, how much achievement my children have? You know, well, all those other things that, that sometimes I try to get life from. And Paul's again saying here, no, when Christ who is your life, <laughs> that's your identity, that's your source of everything, when he appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And so we've gone from all this already language, right? This already, we're already see- died, we've already been raised, we've already seated with him. But he's also saying there is still a not yet. Yeah, there's, right? there's more to the promise. There, there's more <laughs> to the promise, right? And so we need to have this already not yet mentality, that, that goes along with this that helps us live into, because what we do still matters, right? It, it's not meriting any kind of salvation, but it's the, it's the ongoing, ongoing revealing of the glory that is in us and will one day fully be that why we start, we talk about next episode of the putting on and putting off of, of these things. But um, what, when you think of, this is that we're getting into a little speculation here, but I think it's important to have an imagination in our faith. That we need to imagine and have a vision of what life is going to be like to help us live now. Because um, I think sometimes my I have some false things that have influenced my imagination about glory. Right? That you know we're just going to be sitting. Uh, Pastor Wines mentioned this in, a, in I think his sermon last week. Um, People just think, oh, we're going to be sitting on our clouds playing harps, you know, kind of thing. Is that our vision of glory, right? Uh, But we're supposed to have a vision. He says, when when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That we will have this seating with Christ that we have right now in the spiritual world will one day fully be acknowledged. The veil will be gone and we'll we'll be able to see this in, in complete reality. Right, and that should impact how I go forward from here, right? So 
Um, so when you th- read verse four, how does that help you today? Well, or is that just oh, I just I just believe it for the future, and 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 I'm just gonna and I, I just looking forward to that day. No, we have we don't have a full revelation of what it's going to look like, but we mm-hmm. have plenty. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what are things that are spoken of, of this event? The very first thing that we see is something that's called the marriage supper of the lamb mm. that takes place um, upon our resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, first we have glorified bodies. So we will, we will get resurrected new bodies, right. whether we're dead physically or we're, if, if the Lord happens to return while we're right. alive, if that were to be the case, but let's just plan on being dead because that's probably the best guess. Um, <laughs> but we will have bodies that won't be corruptible. They won't get old. It's right. a new It's a new body. So that's a so physical body, mm-hmm. right? Which is going to be likened under way it's described of Christ after his resurrection, yeah. right? So we have that. And then we have this marriage supper. Now, I come from a big Polish background family. Okay. And there was nothing more that I look forward to than a, than a wedding mm. on that side of the family because it was family it was food. I mean, so you have the marriage supper that's been described. It was celebration of yeah. life and uh, of all these great things and the relationships that we had with each mm-hmm. other. I mean, 400 cousins, and that's no joke, you know, that we that you know we all got together. When we have a family reunion, it's, it's crazy. So like a family reunion, now I understand that some might not have that, that good of an experience, but take it to the nth degree mm-hmm. and it'll be... It'll be likened unto that where we'll actually be similar to what we understand now as being in fellowship. Like right. you and I are enjoying a good conversation about right. heavenly things right now. Yeah. It's not going to be unlike that. And we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. It's a, right. it's a real thing. It's not It's not some, I don't know what the word is, ethereal, <laughs> you ethereal, know, ethereal yeah. Um, um, cloud and, right. just, and boring, which sounds boring. It'll be better than any, you pick our best day that you've ever had here and that'll be far from the worst that you could have in heaven, right? <laughs> yeah. And on the other hand, on the contrary, if you're not in Christ, your mm. worst day on earth that you've ever had won't even be compared to the best day that you'll have. And, mm. and it's going to be, because there's yeah. nothing, it's going to get bad, right? Because why? Right. First of all, because you're separated from loved ones, you're separated from God, and you're under condemnation, you're under judgment, right? Yeah. So you're you're under the weight of sin. What do you do with your guilt? Yeah. Right? We won't have guilt. We won't, we won't be shedding tears. Right. So all that, all that great stuff, yeah. Right. Um, so so I, the vision of all of that, you know, and I don't, should compel and propel us in how we live today and what our mindset is. And in one, yes, we long for that, but we also recognize that there's an already element to it that's happening that we can live into. And the not yet is is so much to look forward to. Right. Right. But with that, I I, I also say too that that you, this word glory is not just this brilliant it is this. It is the, the the brilliant, uncorruptible state in which we will be able to live in. But glory in the Bible also has with it, it's often used of kings. It's used of regal positions. It's used of authority. It's you, glory in, in its best and even in the earthly realm is is something that is is manifesting the, the, the peace and well-being of God in, in, in living that out. 
it's it's showing that brilliance in the administration of it to mm. to the rest. And I think there's something about that is if we viewed our work, our present work this way, right, as as glory, that that I get to live out and and deal with people and relate to people and give blessing and bring flourishing where it's not, all those kind of things, because that's what heaven is going to be like. And if I'm seated at the heavenly realms right now, if I'm if I'm seated with Christ, I have a sense of which I can bring heaven to earth. I think it, it makes me think of the Lord's Prayer when we ask for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's just praying for the new heavens and the new earth. I think that's a, pr- a daily prayer that we as his people are bringing that reality you know, to earth even now. because And with that comes a mindset, right? And so it's out of that mindset that I think we then operate, and we'll get to next time in our next podcast, uh, it's the reason why we don't practice these earthly things um, that he talks about in 5 through 11. It is the reason that we put on the heavenly things um, of verses 12 through through 17. And so that will um, lead us into that next time. Uh, any uh, other thoughts or closing thoughts of these first four verses? No, it sounds it sounds good to me. I right. think it's a good place to stop, and I'm already looking forward to, to verse five. So All right. join us next week. Okay. See you. Right. Have a good day, everybody. Join us next time as Pastor Matt shows how we are to put the old self to death as we walk in the path of the Holy Spirit. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.